Today, we welcome Tori Corliss, a New England transplant with Southern Roots who takes soul and experimental music meditations to a new level. With a powerful voice and top-notch Bostonian collaborators around her, Tori is geared up for her first full release under the stage name of Vequency, spelled simply V-Q-N-C, in April 2019. The beer of choice today is Happy Soul, a robust, citrus-forward Hefeweizen by Slumbrew in Somerville, Massachusetts. Recorded in the dead of winter, this iconic summer beer and Tori's inspiring words kept us warm, and we hope it keeps you warm too. Thank you for your support, and welcome to Through the Draft Line. JD, what are we drinking today? Today we are drinking Slumbrew, Somerville, Somerville Brewing Company, Happy Soul. It is a Hefeweizen. It's made with over a thousand oranges, which is pretty cool that they they do that. So it's real, real orange juice in there. Uh, they actually a thousand oranges per what? Per per brew. So it's like in that one brew. can, there are a thousand yes, oranges. One. I was imagining a cartoon, <laughs> watching a, like orange after orange be like, like squeezed drop. through it, like it's a clown car, but of beer. What with the listeners in it. don't know is that this is the world's largest beer can mm. that we're opening with a yes. thousand oranges. Yeah, and it was specially made for this podcast by Summer Brewing Company. This huge <laughs> ass can. Um, ass can. <laughs> Huge ass can. But uh, yes. So Tori said that she loves Hoppy Soul. Um, sorry, Happy Soul. I always want to call it Hoppy Soul. I really I wanted to call it Hoppy Soul. I too. like yeah. initially did, yeah. I think. Just I always have hops on my brain. Well, and it's tough too because soul could very much be soul like sun in Spanish or mm-hmm. soul my soul, you know? Totally. And, and, yeah. and which one is it? Uh, it is happy. Happy Soul. Happy Soul. S O L. S O L, yeah. Yeah. All right. Soul in Spanish. Indeed. And it has some honey in there as well. So we're going to pop this open, take a few drinks, and talk to Tori and find out why she likes this beer so mm-hmm. much. Tori, do you like gravitate towards Hefeweizens and that style of beer normally? Um, it, if you asked me this question, like, Tori, what's your favorite beer? Like four years ago, I would have riddled off like a zillion IPAs. Um, I was really obsessed with um, Notch um resin ipa the one that's like nine percent you'd have one of those and you're like good for two weeks um or and might have, like might two, have one of those maybe coming like, <laughs> maybe like two hours yeah I know, i'm just joking um but i was really really into ipas for a really long time but i think i just overdid it to the point where it was just too too much and i just felt like i wasn't getting any sort of flavor it was just like hops you hops got, was the flavor you got hopped out yeah i i hopped out you of that out. ipa line it happens it and happens. yeah totally so after that i started trying different beers and i was really into hefeweizens and start like got into brown ales mm-hmm. um and now like i feel like the sour is the new IPA in like yeah. the craft beer, craft beer world. Sure. Um, so I'm super into sours now, but I like the half of ice. I like this half of ice specifically. 
um, because it leans into the sour, but it's not overwhelmingly just that one flavor. Mm. Right. So. Let's give it not, a shot. Not to dive too much into sours, but do you do you foresee sours becoming as popular as IPAs are? Mm. I think they're I think they're a little too weird, but they certainly are. Yeah, I think they're a little bit too weird for it to have that much yeah. like mass appeal. Um, but I definitely do think it's kind of taking that like trend role the way that IPAs did. And also I feel like people wanted something different mm-hmm. because you can only have so many variations of so many IPAs mm-hmm. and where, like you said, you just get tired of them and you want something drastically different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know for me, like getting into sours, I, it took a while for me, like my palate to get there. And then one day I was like, holy shit, this is all I want. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, uh, just like totally changed the game for me. I'm really curious how you feel about this beer if you don't like Hefeweizens. We're going to give it a shot. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> JD broke the lamp. I am a klutz and I just broke a lamp. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. And that's before my first drink. Yeah. He's already wasted. Already wasted. Oh. What do you think, Matt? That's that's like a good O. That was, that was a good O. Tori, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Do you have a my happy soul, soul right now? My soul is so happy that you Good. this beer. No, this is delicious. Hold on. I need a... If you smell it, it almost smells like a Pilsner. Like it, you don't really get those notes. Right. But when you taste mm. it... And so you said you do pick out a tiny bit of sour in this. Is that just the citrus or what? Yeah, that's definitely the citrus. That's the a thousand oranges. <laughs> <laughs> in this one can. Yes. Yes. And and you're right. You don't like the smell. You don't get Mm-mm. like a huge, humongous like orange smell like right in your... You're not getting punched by orange in, in your nose. No. And, and the other thing is it's not too juicy. You know? It's not too juicy. But also like for me, it just kind of falls at the end to where you're tasting it and then almost into nothing. Mm-hmm. Do you guys get that as well to where mm-hmm. the... Yeah, It definitely. just kind of evaporates. I feel like when you have a citrus on anything, you just anticipate it to be like very citrus forward. Mm. So I was really curious how you'd feel because you were like blood orange. <laughs> I don't like Hefeweizens. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. How it's, do you feel? Do you like it's, it? It's not my favorite. I mean... I'm nervous. <laughs> don't be nervous. <laughs> we joking. all have... I'm never nervous. <laughs> nice. She has no anxiety ever. Nope. Um, <laughs> not me. Not you. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not my favorite beer, but also like that style isn't my favorite style. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also like sours were not my favorite for a long time. A lot of people don't like stouts until like they try the mm-hmm. the right stout and then they're actually into stouts. So there's a time and the place for a stout. There, yeah. And at that time and place is Ireland. <laughs> Ireland. There we go. Or it's just anytime it's cold. Anytime it's cold and rainy. Yeah. I I will drink stouts on a 90 degree summer Oh, day. dear. I can't do it. Yeah. I, it's funny. I, I actually had this conversation. I was in LA recently and uh, I was with a friend and we were, we were sitting in this bar and looking at all these local beers. And, you know, this is nearly as cold as it gets in California. It was like 50, 60 degrees out. Everyone's in heavy coats. And I was like, do people still drink stouts because this is what? the winter is for them mm. or is it really that stouts and porters taste much better when you're like quite literally freezing mm. your ass off walking into the bar you know what i mean true and i and they definitely do that i mean that's why a lot of them 
they're called like winter warmers. They like yeah. warm your insides up. They warm your soul mm. and your body, and it's such glory. I love it. <laughs> and well, so in terms of this beer, you said you said that it's it really hits you at the beginning, and you're getting a lot of flavor, and it falls off. Is that a context that this would be like when when would you want to be drinking this then? In your ideal world, either and, of you. I mean, I I wouldn't want to be drinking it personally <laughs> ever. <laughs> Not what if you're what if you're like uh, like a hot summer day, like playing some beach volleyball, and you get to go off and have a few sips of beer between between uh, sets. Man, if I think I'd like this one. That would. This is your, this is Matt's beach volleyball beer. This is. I like that you have a specific a category of that. Put a stamp on it. I like that. They they should start advertising. <laughs> Recommended that. for volleyball games. Yes. <laughs> Yo, I played volleyball for like ever, so I I connect heavy with that. <laughs> Can the next iteration of like the can art be Tori and Matt playing beach volleyball? Yeah, bump with an spike. orange. With an orange. Bump said spike yes. with an orange. This is big orange. Somerville Brewing Company hit us up for around. marketing. We are mm. we are living in 2025. And and speaking of the art, I do like this this artwork. It's it's very uh, um, spirituality centric. It looks like someone literally sitting cross legged, oming and meditating. Except yeah. they're holding Chakras two beers. Chakras are being aligned while we sip. <laughs> That's what that can means. Yes. I mean, I have I have been nailed it. I mean, I have been to a beer yoga session before. Really? Those are pretty sweet. I. I have never heard of that. It was at my favorite brewery in the world. Which, which one? Everyone who listens to this podcast must know by now. It is Revolution Brewing in Chicago. Mm. Uh, and it was so much fun. We did beer yoga. We were holding a beer the whole time as we were like doing our poses. Some of them we put the, the can down, but otherwise we were like warrioring with a can of beer in our hands. It was wow. awesome. That's pretty good. I've not, I've heard of like yoga before beer where they actually give you a a beer afterwards but not at the same time yeah and, and it was like there were there way. were purposeful times to take sips it was great awesome so you're feeling pretty good by the end of the, the yoga session i was and then i won this shirt wow. in that beer mug up there that's a damn good day yeah was, you was, had so much zen and then so much beer and then free things this is a real thing did you guys know that when you get a massage you're not supposed to drink it's very true you're supposed to drink water Yes. But like no alcohol. Because you need to rehydrate yourself and that's what helps flush more toxins 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 out of your muscles. Right. I did not know that. Like I've gotten a massage once in my life and I went to a brewery afterwards. <laughs> I was like, I did such a good thing for myself. <laughs> so Time for a beer. You're like, I'm just yes. gonna cancel it out. Fucked up the whole thing. Why did I pay oh. for a massage? It felt like a nice treat though. You're like you want you're relaxed, you want to go have a beer, you want to go chill would make sense. I think my mom had fun making fun of me for that. <laughs> I don't know how often you guys go to Slum Brew, but they do have, I do like that they have a good, a good variety of beers. They have IPAs, they have stouts, they have a beer, hashtag thinks Obama, mm -hmm. which I love. Mm. Um, they actually just released a, uh, I was at Extreme Beer Festival this last weekend. I love that name. Every time I hear that name, I just think of like monster trucks. I was at a monster truck event this past weekend. So, so. wow. I wish I was like at it's a fusion extreme. of both of y'all's weekend plans. <laughs> wow. That sounds amazing. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, uh, you were just uh, interrupting. Extreme. That. Extreme. I always make that joke. But yeah, they did that. They actually just released a, a, a beer with crunch berries. Like 
made out of actual Campton Crunch cereal. Oh, wow. Which the schnozberries taste like schnozberries. The crunch berries taste, taste like beer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. I do go to Slumbrook quite a bit. Quite a bit. I've actually yeah. never been. It's it's nice. I mean, it's like it's quaint, and I like that it's kind of tucked away because I feel like breweries that are more in, in more accessible areas kind of tend to be run, run over. Um, but it's intimate and... It's a you know, nice little vibe in yeah, there. Yeah, it's a good tap room. Yeah. And how long has it been around? It's been around since like 2015. I mean, at least that location. Like yeah. I'd say 2014, oh, okay. 2015. Okay. Yeah, that location. They started in uh, 2011. And then, yeah, that location popped up. And then they have the one at Assembly Row mm-hmm. as well. And yeah. then uh, they have like a uh, uh, like a summer. Like all almost all the breweries now have a summer uh, beer garden as well. So, but so, Tori, when you're performing, mm-hmm. are you are you up there sipping on these? If you can find them Ooh. at a bar, what what's your uh, what's your creative ritual? That's tough. Um, back in the day, um, I was in a funk rock band. Um, people always mishear me. They're like, "You were in a punk rock band?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> I would. I'm way too sparkly for that." Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I I would drink beer at my gigs all the time and. But now before I drink, I mean, before I drink, before shows or during shows, I tend to be more of like a wine drinker, um, especially with the music that I'm doing now. I I have to have a lot more like breath control and it's a little bit more stripped back. And so, I mean, I'm not like not breaking the illusion here, like beer makes you burp. And when you're singing <laughs> and you're like, it's it's tough. It's tough. And, um, and the more exposed or... Um... The more stripped back your set is, yeah, the more exactly. Like you can't just be your like, voices, "LOL, yeah. excuse me," really quickly. Um, Slash, I'll just sing through it because the guitar amp is loud. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it really depends on the setup, but um. But yeah, sometimes I, the crowd just wants to hear some hoppy burps. Yeah, that's true. You know. that's very true. Um, but um, you know, maybe my next gig I'll be like, All and right. this next song is called "Me Burping in Your Face" yeah, it's <laughs> in <gonna> C major. <laughs> Um, see how I mean, goes. if you actually did it in key, I'd be wildly impressed. Well, I do have perfect pitch, so. Wow. Oh, wow. you know. Well, I think that's a perfect time to dive into your influences. So Ooh. I think everyone probably wants to know, you know, as you started to mention your style changing and mm-hmm. and, and all that, like, yeah. what, uh, how'd you get started in music? Uh, and how have you seen your style and your, I guess, focus as a vocalist and an all-around artist? Yeah develop into this project of frequency as you prepare for your first mm-hmm. full release yeah um that's a great question and i get um i get asked all the time people are like oh when did you start singing and i'm like um i don't know when i started because i've just been singing my whole life like um i grew up in a very musical family um my parents actually met by singing in college they were singing in like the same group together um and have been like like professional singers their whole life and then birthed myself and my sisters and we all sang together and did you know church choir growing up and I did choir in high school and like did all the musical theater stuff and in um, college I did acapella um, shout out to the Georgetown Grace Notes um, and then when I moved to Boston it was like the first time that I didn't have any sort of like formal music outlet um, cause like growing up, it was always just kind of like there, um, like, oh, I could just join this thing and, you know, keep, uh, keep singing. Um, but when I moved here, I didn't have that community and I really, for the first time in my, my life, I felt that, um, 
the absence and it was like, oh man, that sucks. Um, but I pretty quickly found, like got connected with, um, a drummer, his name's Isaac, and we were doing an AmeriCorps program at the same time. And him and I just happened to t- start talking about music. And he was like, "Oh, I'm in a and I'm in a band. Like, we're looking for a singer." And I'm like, "Oh, haha! Like, I sing. Start out." And no, I'm joking. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> sweet, yeah. Like, let's you know, let's jam." And um, he invited me over for a tryout, and then it became like an actual rehearsal. Like after the first song we did, they're like, "Okay." Um, so we have this gig in a couple weeks. Do you want to play with us? It's like, yeah, sure. Um, Just thrown into the fire. Yeah, I mean, and that, I'm game for that. Um, and so that that band's called Dr. Fidelity, and we were together for like three years. Um, and that was very much like funk rock. Um, but you were asking me my influences. I just wanted yeah. to tell you how I started oh, yeah. singing. And, and we actually did want to, to mention Dr. Fidelity. So no longer performing with them. So not right now. Um, the drummer moved to South America, I believe he's popping, like hopping all around continents, like teaching high school students, which is awesome. And then Good my guitar him. player, um, John Shakespeare, who's an amazing musician, um, has his own band now, John, um, John Shakespeare band and has a release coming up. So check that out. Um, he was going to go get his master's, um, and move down to Nashville. Mm. So it was just, you know, people had these really exciting new life opportunities opening up and like in moments like that, there's all, it's like often very bittersweet. Like you want to be cheering on, um, your friends. Um, but also, you know, we just, Dr. Fidelity is on sabbatical. That's what I'm calling it. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah. We're all learning and growing and, you know, maybe one day when people come back and we're in a different place, you know, we'll keep, we'll keep, keep it up. But yeah. So how have you, how have you learned and grown, grown to uh, frequency and to where Mm. you're at now? Well, during Dr. Fidelity, I was, I started working on frequency um, because I like like a zillion different types of genres. Um, And when I was doing the like, soul like funk rock stuff I also like really love electronic music and like disco music and um like R&B and um I just happened to like meet Cliff Notes um who y'all both know um and we met because we were both in AmeriCorps and um he I you know I found out that he was a producer and he knew that I was a singer actually one time I was having a party at my house and we were having a um I was doing a performance in my living room and I just remember like making eye contact with him. And it was like one of those moments where I was like, like this person is somebody, you know, when you have those things Like you don't know who yeah. that person is, but you like have a connection with them. You got that vibe. Yeah. I was just like yeah. this person. Um, and you know, we got to know each other more and, um, he invited me to his studio and, um, the first time we hung out, we made a song like in a couple hours, like start to finish, um, and one of those songs is actually on my album, but it was immediately like a, like a really strong, um, artistic connection. And then we just started hanging out more and, um, and while we were hanging out, like I didn't have any like real goals. I wasn't like, Oh, I want to create this album with like, with this music. It just happened that like him and I kept collaborating and then it became something larger that we're like, Oh my gosh, like there is a body of work here, um, or starting to be one. Um, and that's when I met like, um, people like Hamstank, people like Oompa, Forte, Tim Hall, um, those folks in hipstery. Um, and it just, I started to create like a whole different art, like artist identity 
within that group and was given a lot of different opportunities and there was so much collaboration happening like everybody was working on their own individual art and everybody was helping each other reach those goals and like that's still happening um which is really exciting and whereas before I had a band and like you have that you know that unit of folks that you're working with um and you can bounce back bounce those ideas off of each other um but when you're a solo artist or like somebody who's kind of stepping out on your own um it's really nice to have a network but also have your autonomy um which I think is really really important um having community but also um being able to make your own decisions so so Tori what are you trying to communicate with your music particularly as we know that you integrate so many different genres into your style yeah totally I get really like I I get very stressed out when people are like oh like what kind of music do you make and I'm like, um, definitions are hard. Yeah, yeah. it's really hard. I'm beyond definition. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. But um, no, when um, I got the the Vasa Music Awards nomination, and it was like, Oompa called me and was like, "Oh, you're nominated!" And in my head, I was like, "What genre?" <laughs> I have no idea. Um, no, I'm joking. But um, yeah, it's really it's difficult, especially because I'm influenced by so many different people. Um, and like, just to riddle, like riddle off some, like Stevie Nicks is probably like one of my biggest vocal influences. Um, the power that she has and the emotion that she communicates through her voice is incredible. Um, and also was like very formative for me as, um, like a, a singer who's a woman growing up. Um, and there weren't that many, um, female singers in the rock genre that like I could necessarily um, identify with. So that was a big one. Um, also like heart um, that band, like really oh, shattered yeah. my whole everything. Yeah, so, good. Um, so much power in in that group. Um, also Erica Badu. I draw a lot of like my soul influences from her. And, um, and so I think those are like my, my top one, Debbie Harry too. I think yeah. she's, she's awesome. Um, but in terms of like other bands, um, I, oh my gosh, um, Toro Imoa is a huge influence oh, for he's me. So good. He's also from South Carolina, and I'm from South Carolina, so you got to shout that out. I didn't realize he was no, from there. That's yeah, cool. yeah, he's from South Carolina. Um, and um, Robin S. To um, she's like a like Robin S and Crystal Waters, who are huge um, influences in like the '90s um, dance like house scene. Um, those are huge influences for me too. Like strong vocals, but also like really, um, really captivating um, instrumentals and backing track was really, really, really cool. Um, Mr. So all that. Oh no, no, I was gonna say Mr. Twin Sister, Chromatics, um, and Carrier District. There's just like a, a lot mm-hmm. of different influences for me and all of that brings you to vequency yes yeah little soul little dance a little disco a little a little me (laughs) (laughs) and uh jd and i understand that you're going to perform a little song for us uh today you want to tell us what you're going to perform yeah so um one of the things that i lean pretty heavily into in my music is the idea of meditation um and not necessarily like in the traditional sense of what you think about meditation. I think um, you think about like sitting in a room and like being quiet and kind of meditating on a mantra or something like that. Or um, the, the artwork on the spear. Yes, when yes. you're trying to get your happy, your happy soul. Um, but something for me is I music is meditation for me. There's 
very few moments in my life where I'm never thinking about anything else. And it's like music and cooking are like the two moments for me where I'm literally in the moment. Um, and so I want to experience that, but also share that, um, with other people and draw them into it. Um, and kind of speak about important things, um, that I feel like people, I want people to be reflecting on. Um, so that's, I'm going to be doing a meditation called golden days and it's how I open, um, my shows and it's also going to be on my upcoming album. Um, so I'll be doing that. Golden days, why on your way? 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 Golden days, between away. Golden self-care is bringing deeper. Golden days so good toy uh thank you for performing golden days for us so mm-hmm. do you uh yeah, the plan is to have golden days as the first track on your upcoming release yes that is the first track of the upcoming release just to kind of like warm people up for the rest of the album yeah it's i, I think that you know from our perspective because i've heard you play it live as well and it's, mm-hmm. it's just beautiful um and from our perspective sitting in here hearing it layer by layer was cool too and, and you know like i think it's such a perfect introduction for you mm-hmm. because you, again, we said already transcend so many different genres and styles mm-hmm. that starting with a simplistic layered approach, mm-hmm. you know, gorgeous lines. And, and there's, I'm not saying there's no intricacy in how they intertwine, but, mm-hmm. but you know, not, not fluff. There's not too many instruments back there. I mean, that's a good way to introduce into what you do. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Yeah. And it's like, it's something real. It's something that means something to you, like, mm-hmm. you know, on a deeper level as well. So you're preparing us for, for that and what's to come. So, yeah, totally. It. It's definitely like a preview. Um, cause the line, um, lose yourself in romance. Um, I mean, a lot of what I write about is like my own life experiences and like, you know, I feel like any musician, um, or any artist of any type, um, is really influenced by, um, the romances in their life, whether it be, you know, with a romantic partner or like your friends or like the things that you are in love with. I think like those are objectively romantic. Um, and feeling like you can just kind of dive into those things. But also when you do that, there's always stories to be told and like experiences to have in, in those moments. Um, but the, the funny thing about, 
um, this meditation was, I, I talked before about how music is meditation for me and how, um, I get in, like, I don't think about anything else when I'm doing it. And, um, that's actually how I write music is I, it's, I write music in a couple different ways, but one of the ways that I do it is I will just start like I'll be listening to an instrumental track or I'll, you know, make a melody on my looping pedal and we'll just kind of like think like get into the moment and just start singing whatever comes to my head. And I wrote that meditation like just riffing. So I was like meditating on music while singing this musical meditation and it just it just was very organic and um I was actually on a retreat with um the hipstery team like two summers ago and we were um all like jamming and I um just was playing around with the pedal and it just happened it just happened in that room and luckily Hamstank being like the wizard that he is pulled out his um his interface and recorded it and um there's parts of that original jam on the album um and then I also could do the stripped down version um live and also like opening the album but wow I'm jealous and I want to be there next time (laughs) please invite us (laughs) yeah we'll be waiting for the invite now that our souls are nice and happy from Tori's pick it's time to dive into some other styles First up is the Blackberry Parfait, a sour brewed with lactose and vanilla. Brewed in Berkeley, California by Fieldwork Brewing Company. This first taste will keep us on track with fruit forward beer while expanding us into some deeper flavors. Then comes the hard hitter and double voltage, a double IPA by Chelsea's own Mystic Brewery. I think that I'm so very thirsty. How many oranges <laughs> is in this one? Uh, 11 billion but they changed it to blackberries oh. like in the process. Wow. So it started it's off like as some an Willy orange. Wonka shit right Wonka there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then moved to a blackberry because shit like that happens in the brewery world these days. It's fucking insane. Uh, so this is from Fieldwork uh, Brewing Company out in California. Uh, my buddy sent this to me and I got it on my doorstep on Saturday and I was very excited. Uh, so this is a... It's a kettle sour brewed with uh, lactose, blackberries, vanilla, and I... I'm Such minimalist can artwork, too. It's it's just a, a blank background with a blackberry... It is just a blackberry, yeah, or is it kind of a blackberry hop? I think There's a very similar shape. I'm just thinking yeah. it was a hop as well, but yeah, yeah. it's wishful thinking. No, they, they have others that are similar to this, and they all have... So this is like their blackberry parfait. So they have like a cherry parfait. Mm. They have a strawberry parfait. That's nice branding. I like that. It is indeed. And Fieldwork has an awesome tap room out there. And they have like three or four in the San Francisco area. So one of my favorite things about JD uh, is obviously his extensive beer beer knowledge. But uh, right before we jumped back on to continue recording, he had to turn to Tori and be like, lactose intolerant? (laughs) If so, you cannot drink this beer. You never know. Especially these days, like that stouts that are brewed with like nuts and all sorts of adjuncts and everything. There, I mean, there are some. I'm vegetarian, and there are some beers that are brewed with with meat products. Like, whoa, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah, I'm vegetarian too. So. Like, there's the obvious one is just people like putting bacon in things, even just to say that they put it in. Oh, so yeah. So there's that. But I actually once heard about a beer that uh, during the boiling process, which is in the brewing process, you have what is called wort at that time. Some people say wort, I believe, but it's wort. 
how I learned it. Um, and they're boiling the wort uh, before, like before the hopping process. Yeah. And there is a brewery in the U.S. that throws a fucking pig head in no. it when it's See, boiling. No, no fucking way. No. And so I, I don't know what beer it is. Maybe I've drank it. Let's hope. You know not. what? Okay. You know what? I'm sure you know people who drink it love it. I don't. Want, I don't want to shit on people's. You know. Pig head beer. Pig head beers and what they put meat in, like that's their choice. Like rah rah go you. No great, like yeah. Let's just not put pig head in my libations. (laughs) (laughs) Donka. (laughs) What so let's I was not expecting this to be the color. It's like reddish. It is. Ooh, I really like the way this smells. It's much more red than I anticipated it to be. Looks like my pre show drink. Because this kind of looks, looks like, like a, wine. Yeah, it's like it's just frothier wine. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, All right. Cheers. cheers. Salud. Salud. Salancha. Whoa. That's Whoa. fucking good. I let it sit on my tongue for quite a while before I swallowed it, like to the point where I can kind of feel my taste buds getting the carbonation which is the non-pleasant part, but you could taste the creaminess of the lactose like, and the vanilla, I'm sure, very, very strongly when you do it that way. Exactly. Wow. Mm. This is really good. It's definitely has like the the heaviness of almost like a stout. Yeah, it's definitely, as far as sours go, it's it's definitely on the heavier side. Yeah. And it's more like a, like a smoothie. Like yeah. A, like this a is... creamsicle, like a... I mean, yeah, for like, it's so dark. It's it's nearly a stout. I would right, drink order. this for breakfast on a on a Saturday morning. Why not? I, I yeah, it's kind of like having your morning smoothie. Like I, I put blackberries in smoothies. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, would drink this on a Saturday morning. People yeah. people drink mimosas on Saturday morning. Nothing wrong with having a beer. No, I drink beer plenty of Saturday mornings mm-hmm. because if you are an English soccer fan, you are forced to uh, get to bars at you know six in the morning sometimes oh and my have a gosh. Guinness. Yeah. It's very worth it, and it's cool to have fandom growing in the states for a sport that starts at you know seven in the morning mm-hmm. on Saturdays. I hear my, I always know it's European soccer season when I hear my roommate yelling at like five a.m. Oh yeah, in oh. the morning on a weekend, and no, like go him, love him to death. Um, I'm just like, oh, it's that time, and then I like it's roll fun. over and go back and, to bed. And it's the best for us that it can be. Like we're in Eastern time, mm. you know. If you're in Pacific time, that could be a four thirty a.m. match. Dang, Ugh. I think that's the earliest it would be. You know, seven thirty is earliest yeah, for us here. I don't. Yeah. Some of us are just barely getting to bed at that time. I know. Yeah, no. I know. I don't. I refuse to do anything before noon on the weekends. It's just like if somebody hits me up and is like hey like let's get brunch on the weekend and i'm like yeah sure and they're like how about 11 a.m i'm like sorry i'm busy no, like, no. you clearly don't know me that well no i don't see and i don't get there are people who say brunch has to be before noon uh-uh fuck that no i go to brunch is, places that serve brunch until 4 p.m because Elm, i know i'll get there deep elm has brunch every single day until 4 p.m yeah. and it's glorious my heart and my brain are uh conflicted here like logically I understand the brunches before noon because it has to have breakfast. Are you a morning person? No, I stay up quite late. I, I'm a night owl for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can get to brunch at 11. Oh, no. Double digits. There's Because there's a difference digits. between morning and double digits morning. Okay. So 10 I, and 11, cool. I would only do brunch at 11 if it was like somebody's birthday and there was like the only reservation. Like I'm not going to be that big of a diva. Like I'll have my moments, but that's not one of them. I can be selfless when I want to be. Um <laughs> But like 10 a.m. brunch, no way. That is breakfast. breakfast. You heard it here first. 
fans, yeah. when Vequency gets famous, all you need to do is DM her on Instagram, tell her it's your birthday, and tell her to get to a brunch spot at 11. You have a, you have a date with this famous artist. It'd be great. I actually, I don't ever eat breakfast anyway, so eating before noon is not a thing. You eat nothing? No, I don't eat until noon. Do you eat very big dinners? No. No. I, I feel like I, I also a... know you don't drunk eat. When do you eat? <laughs> he eats I... beer smoothies Saturday <laughs> mornings. So basically, this is my diet, which is beer and I drink water and that's it. So Wow, that's unhealthy. But when yeah. your beers have like a thousand oranges in it, you know you're not going to get scurvy. Which is very scurvy. Which is like the most important thing ever to not get that. It is. I'm very happy that I do not have scurvy. How often do you think about scurvy? I don't, as a pirate, um, I think about it quite a lot. Can I just mention, I want to circle back to our conversation about pig head and <laughs> beer real quick. Because yeah. Other Half Brewery in New York, they just released a stout. It's a collabor- collaboration with Omnipolo, and it's a stout that has potato chips in it. Oh. But I'm allergic to potatoes. And I'm very upset that they did such a thing and added a fucking potato chips in this stout. That I'm pretty I sure I tried to kill really? potato chips. I've before. never met anybody who's allergic to potatoes. I am one of the few, but we are out there. Maybe that's why he doesn't drunk eat because he can't get tots. <laughs> Honestly, what is one, one like to do if you can't get drunk tots? foods? No. You just go Cheese to sleep, tots. or you just have another beer <laughs> that's not made with potato chips. I will say fucking other half. Oh. I mean, yeah, potato like that that sounds very weird. I don't really know if that would be good in yeah. general anyway. So, I think you maybe got lucky on that. Um actually, this is a good good uh, trivia question. Um what is what's your favorite ingredient in a beer? So, you know, yours might be orange story. I don't want to say it for you, but like yeah. when you're at a when you're at a at the liquor store and you're mm. checking out new beers. Yeah. What's the ingredient that whenever you see it, you find yourself just going for that? Oh, that's an easy one for me. Coriander. Really? Coriander. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, no wonder you liked uh, Happy Soul so much. Yeah. I just like, I just love that, that spice in general. Um, I feel like it's one of those spices when um, you're trying to cook, you're like, I don't know what the hell to put this in. Um, but when it's always used, I'm always, I can always tell. And it's always like, yes, 100%. And that's usually always, always in like, you know, a Hefeweizen or like. Um, a lighter, like a wheat, any sort of wheat ale. Yeah, yeah, Belgian beer. Right. Um, I really like that. I like anything that's like sweet but a little bit spicy. Mm. I don't ever like things that are like supremely one thing. I need like a mixture of both. Mm. Yeah, I'm especially like being a big stout guy. Any sort of like maple stout, I am mm. all about. But it has to be done right because some breweries. Will... You do live in New England. I do live in New England. Yes, and I'm. I, I just picked out up a few uh, maple stouts from uh, Treehouse earlier this week, and I cannot wait to pop those open. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. So good. I My asked the question, and I didn't have an answer. Um, potato chips. Potato chips. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I actually – this is, this is a deeper conversation that I'd like to have with you, J.D., because I actually think it's Galaxy Hops. Yes, I know that's weird for hot, like a hop to be my favorite. And no. I, if you give me a bunch of beers and tell me to tell you which one is a Galaxy Hop beer, I could not do that. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like same as a coriander, like coriander, you know. I'm what glad it that is. you're admitting that, though. No, that, I, though. I'm not going to be able to. I feel like to, if but... you're being like, you're being like, I love this one type of hop. No, I mean, in the end, uh, everyone <laughs> yes. listening, JD does know more about beer than you. Um, I don't. 
I, I try to know a decent amount about beer. I probably don't. Uh, and that's fine to admit. I'm totally. still going to taste them and talk about them all the same. But what it comes down to for me is one of my favorite beers is from the aforementioned Revolution Brewing, mm-hmm. and it's called Galaxy Hero. And after I got hooked on that beer, like I, every single time I was at Rev, I would get that beer. JD, are you I looking like, it up right now? I look for beers with Galaxy Hops now. Uh, no, I'm looking. I can't remember if the next beer that we're going to try, I don't think it has Galaxy. I would like a beer, please. I would, I would love a beer. Tori would like a beer, and she's an artist, so we give her whatever she wants. Yes. Got to give the people what they want. So Got what's that beer? Give the people. the people what you want. What is that beer, JD? This beer is from Mystic Brewery. <laughs> <laughs> you going to have a so far Tori show? Got, Tori got us to sing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. Yep. What are we tasting? All right. So this is from Chelsea's Finest Mystic Brewery, who I love so much. Uh, they've been putting out some amazing hops lately, and this is called Double Voltage, which is one of my favorite offerings from them. It's a citra hopped uh, and citra lupulin power. I shan't drink it. I know, I know. You love your galaxy, but I'm going to try to like when you over to the citrus side. Mm, mm. Uh, this is 8.3%, so it's a double IPA, and it's fucking awesome, and I love it. They just released yeah. this this last Saturday, and every time they release this, I'm I text uh, my Mystic boys. I'm like, save me as many four packs as possible. <laughs> you, I like how you just said this like underground beer network. People are just sending you packages of beer, and you just have this whole thing. Yeah, you know Boston's gotten a lot safer over the years. It, it switched from scenes of the departed to just JD in a back alley. Trading secret yo, beer. Yo, yo, yo. Like, you, you, you got the new four pack? Yeah, yeah, man. Come on, come here. Come <laughs> you here. joke. That has happened many times. You got the new four pack. <laughs> got it. Oh, it smells so good. I missed hops. These beers were wonderful, but I missed the hops. You got to end on the hoppy note. So wait, what should we be looking for when we taste All right, this? So citra hops, citra lupulin power, just the smell. What are you getting on the nose? Citrus. Citrus. Yes. I weirdly get apricots. Yes. Is that? Yep. You get apricots. Yeah. Uh, some melon in there. Mm. Oh yeah, melon. Yeah, there's there's a there's a sweetness that I can't wait to see how it translates with how hoppy this has to be as a 8.3 double IPA. Let's do this. Let's do it. Cheers. Cheers. Salud. Salud. Mm. Oh wow, this is really good. Does not taste like eight point three percent. It's not boozy. It's not like you say bruisey. It's not boozy. It's <laughs> it not it also is not bruisey. It's not no. bruisey or boozy. Uh, you don't taste the alcohol in it. They mask it well. Oh, yeah, uh, this is really really. And good. this was a, this is a nice, really nice transition from the other ones we had. Yeah. Exactly. I, I know you're a master curator over there, but this is, this was very nice. The well, the trio. I feel like if I was drinking these, then I wouldn't have burnt out on the IPAs. But I was drinking the like Sierra Nevadas, like yeah. the, the ones West, that are just like hops. Yeah, yeah. the West Coast uh, super bitter. Yeah, profiles totally. Where, where this is your New England style IPA that's juicy and fruitful, hazy, right? Sage, hazy. Yeah, I I cannot see through it. Yeah, very hazy. But no, delicious Mystic killed it on this one as always. Yeah, Mystic is wonderful. Um, 
we're hosting an event there at the company that I work at that shall remain nameless. <laughs> uh, yes. Quite soon, I can't wait to uh, to be a part of that and and finally see the space. It's, oh, it's so good. They no none of their beers have ever disappointed me, even if it's not your like my style or like my exact taste. Like, I've never had a Mystic beer. Oh, welcome. welcome. This is my first one. Welcome. And I'm having it on a podcast. You're a mystic gal now. Now yeah. you are. Now you have to uh, come and hang out in Chelsea. Come and uh, say hi to the mystic. And realistically, when you talk about the New England beer scene, and this is no disrespect to the number of breweries that are within like Boston proper, Cambridge, Somerville. Right. Um, so many good breweries in Chelsea and Everett. Right. Like on, and it's not just night shift, but like unbelievable amounts of breweries up by where you're living and out there, and the fact that they do that with it being less accessible unless you have a car or already live there. Yeah. Let's say, right? Like it's awesome. Right. No. Yeah. You're definitely not getting to Mystic on the T. So as we sip on this beer, let's um let's take a few minutes to talk about Tori. Yeah. We've talked about the Spanish genres that you touch and mm-hmm. and the the just variants within your music um, that I think anyone who is going to hear this project and anyone that's, that has seen you or will see you live can understand. But I think there's one other beautiful element to your artistry that uh, we should talk about today. Mm. Um, any fans of yours know that if they're at your show and they go to see you at your merch table, they're not just going to see buttons, t-shirts, albums. They're also going to see a gorgeous layout of vintage custom jewelry. Mm. Tell the people about that. Yeah. Um, So when I was thinking about merch, um, I wanted to do something that was like very true to myself because I feel like, you know, like you mentioned, the traditional routes are like t-shirts, stickers, pins, and all that stuff. And like, you know, I've seen a lot of really awesome merch, so like no shade there. Um, But I just felt like as I was getting started out, I just felt like if I was going to be investing in t-shirts, like, I was like, nobody really knew who I was. Like, no one's going to buy a t-shirt with my name on it except my friends and, like, God bless them. Um, or goddess bless them. But, mm, goddess um, bless them. Love it. But, Love um, it. yeah, so I I love vintage basically everything. Um, vintage jewelry is one of my favorite things. And I have grown up, among, like, among very stylish um, aunts and um, family members, and my, my mom is a very stylish. Down woman. in South Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. actually, screw the screw the hipstery retreat. Can I just come to one of your like family barbecues? Can oh I, my god, I I love it. My mm. mom, literally, okay, my mom is the sassiest person ever, and she's the best. And she texted me um, a photo of like my mom and my dad, and she's wearing this white fur coat, and I was like. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, like, um, how was the party? And she said, which one? <laughs> it's like literally goals. Like, what the hell? Um, Sounds so- like my parents, except for <laughs> my dad will not get off of like the farm. My mom will like go and gallivant around. And mm. She'll like, she doesn't give a fuck what he's doing. Mm. She'll like go do her own damn yeah. thing. And then- hey, that's important. Yeah. yeah. That's why Ladies. the marriage is uh, staying strong. That's what um, Destiny's Child song was all about. Hey, Your yeah. mom. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, yeah, so I grew up around a lot of very stylish women, and um, I inherited a lot of those 
like jewels growing up and like not inherited in the sense of like you know fine jewelry but like I would get like giant lucite bangles um which are you know you know not a normal thing um and would just get like bakelite jewelry which is also something that I collect um and I grew up just thinking that stuff was normal um because it just had it was around me all the time um and I incorporated into my style because like you know you you get hand-me-downs from your siblings you wear those like I got really giant bedazzled earrings from my aunts and I would wear those as if they were just any other pair of earrings um and it just you know quickly became a part of my style and just like I very early on, I had a very strong sense of self. Um, I feel like in all things, but like style is definitely one of those things. Um, and so I wanted to draw, like, you know, kind of lean into what, what is my brand and what, what do people identify me, um, with? And I think earrings is one of those things. Um, and I often was asked, where do you find those? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm like everywhere and (laughs) also nowhere at the same time. Um, very elusive. Um, but yeah, so I sell vintage like earrings at all my shows and um, it's a really fun way to connect with people and um, I feel like sometimes people don't necessarily know what to say besides like, oh, great set or, you know, hey. Um, but they're like, oh, where did you get that from? And we start talking and it's a really good conversation piece and um, people walk away getting like unique ear candy that they wouldn't necessarily get anywhere else um, and then they can go out into the world and hopefully get lots of compliments on their their bedazzled um, ears and then they can say oh you know I got it from this girl frequency you know and it's it's a way to bring style into my music and both of those things are very important to me and I'm guessing like so on your Facebook page mm-hmm. outdressing you is uh- <laughs> quote unquote outdressing you is on your personal interests <laughs> yeah. so yeah um what you succeed in yes, <laughs> yes. absolutely succeed in. it's my job title at vequency is outdressing you um and that's really funny nobody has ever called me out on that um i like put <laughs> it there i was the like tee hee hee like i'm being so sneaky and just oh we find it i get oh. i get low-key sassy on the internet um but who doesn't know oh just on the internet <laughs> no, wow. no, no just kidding no 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 irl too. so unlike you irl too but at the end of the day i'm a huge softy um but yeah, so style is super important to me. I'm very a very, very visual person. Um, and it's just a way for me to translate that. So when people are looking at me, they can hear the music, but also, you know, get a sense of who I am. And also just like my influences, like I'm very influenced by 70s style and 80s style. And you can definitely hear that in my music. Well, we are just so grateful for that. And, um, you know, so grateful for you for, for taking the time to speak to us today. So, so. so thank you so much, Tori. And um, thank you. And, and thank we really you, can't you. wait to uh, hear the release in April. The clips from Vequency's tracks heard today were indeed released this past April. So head to your preferred platform to listen to Freedom Today. Our theme song is by Tim Hall, and our logo is designed by Heidi Geist. Audio production is by myself, Matt Brooks. Thanks again, and we'll see you back here on next Monday, July 8th.